So my mom's birthday is Saturday. So to celebrate, uh, my question for you guys this week, who was the better mom, Deborah Myers or Norma Bates? Um, my answer, I'm going to have to give this one to Norma because all, no all Norman wanted to do was be just like his mom. And if that's not the sign of a great parent, <laughs> then I don't know what is. Matt, <sighs> what do you think? I mean, I have to give you that argument. I definitely do. I, I, I might have to go with Myers, though, just because she has a son who doesn't give up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just you think you've knocked him down, he comes back again. You, you got a good point. You got a good point. <laughs> Lydia, you're the tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get where you're both coming from here, but... See, I gotta argue against you, Mitch. Being like your parents is not always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and and Matt's right. I mean, he got, he's very persistent. You gotta give him that. So I mean, I I would consider that some A plus parenting right there. So yeah, I would, I would have to go to with Myers. Uh, if she hears this, my mom's not gonna be happy with me. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, mom. <laughs> <laughs>
will not be a thing, you know? And granted, maybe, you know, granted, I said that too, like, you know, when, you know, the early days of social media and everything like that, I said the same thing about newspapers and newspapers are still around. So, I mean, I clearly am not a Nostradamus, but, um, you know, I do worry that this is just another nail in the coffin for movie theaters, if not the final nail in the coffin, because I'm sure that with Disney, if it, if this works, other studios are going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, I, I don't know. There are still movies that even with home theaters and streaming, there are things that I'm going to want to see in the theater, like with that, you know, surround sound system that I can't, you know, afford for my house, you know, on the giant screen. I don't know. I think that, I think there are still going to be those films that people are going to want to go and see, you know, regardless of the availability of streaming. Yeah, I agree. Also, you said that they took away, they took the person that was dealing with like the gaming side of stuff and put her in charge of this. Him. Yeah. Him. Sorry. I think, yeah. Uh, I don't like that because what does that mean for the gaming side of it stuff then too? Like you have the argument of, is this going to kill movie theaters? If you just took away the head of your gaming side of stuff, what's going to happen with that? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really good point as well. I mean, I, I think they're, I think they're putting not all of their ba- eggs in the Disney plus basket, but they're putting 80% of them in the Disney plus ba- basket, which yeah, I get. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely where things are right now, but is, yeah. Is it really the right, the right decision? Yeah. And I am worried, too, like, kind of going back to what you were saying, Matt, um, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, there'll always be those movies that you want to see in the theater. But what if this takes off and it comes to a point where we won't have that option anymore, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And who's to say that it it would even happen in our lifetimes? I mean, it's, you know, it's not something that would necessarily happen tomorrow, but... It's a very real possibility going forward with the way they're they're laying things out right now. Exactly. I mean, I I will, the other thing I will say about this that I do like is I do like the fact that this gives the opportunity for some of those movies, which might not do well in theaters to have an outlet. Um, You know, I, I feel like in some cases there are some films that don't, that there are some films probably that don't get made at all because, well, it's not going to be a blockbuster hit at the movie theater. So we're not going to invest in this movie, but if they have this option to, you know, okay, we can make our movie, we can send it right to streaming and then, you know, get something in return, you know, from the number of streams that they would pull. Yeah. That I'm in favor of. Yeah. And that's not a completely new concept. I mean, hi, Netflix calling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and, and I get that, and I understand that. And I don't know. I, like I said, I'm very conflicted on the whole thing. I want to, I want to 
say one way or the other, like either yes, this is awesome, or burn this idea down immediately. But it's like <laughs> we've got a few press releases to talk about. Uh, the first uh, is a new uh, Kickstarter campaign has been announced from I believe I I believe it's Punk House Productions. It's P N K H S E. Okay. Um, so it's an original graphic novel. It's called uh, Foundlings, which is inspired by Foundling Hospital in uh, New York City, which is a real-life home to children, um, many with physical and emotional issues. So uh, Foundlings is written by John Stanisi with art by in- Emma C- uh, Kubert. So Foundlings tells the story of a diverse group of kids abandoned by their families and society uh, who carry the hope for a cure to a new lethal uh, virus uh, spread by the Russian government. This virus kills uh, most adults within 24 hours. It's bad news bears. Uh, So with this Kickstarter, as of 5.30 tonight, I checked it, and it's just at over uh, $3,800 of its $8,000 goal with 28 days to go. Um, Yeah, I I think this sounds like a fun story. Like, I, I feel like it touches on issues that don't necessarily get touched on. Um, I, it's, I know a lot of the kids in this uh, book, they have, um, like, it deals a lot with, like, ableism, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that's something that I feel like doesn't get the outlet that it deserves. Absolutely. So, um, also, Oni Lionforge has postponed the release of the T-Dragon da- Tapestry uh, due to concerns over production standards. So the new release date is going to be June 1st, 2021. Uh, finally, Valiant is teaming with H3 Sports Gear and its Pop Cult online store for exclusive apparel collections featuring uh, Faith and Bloodshot, including in the collection... Uh, are which is available now are t-shirts hats keychains and a bunch of other uh cool things if you guys hadn't gotten a chance to take a look at the collection it's it's pretty cool uh i saw the like a little bit that was in the email but i didn't get a chance to look at the the whole list but yeah it looked like looked pretty cool yeah and yeah and i hope that if this does well that they include like more properties with the valiant uh brand yeah so a couple things to review tonight. The first one I want to talk about, uh, and these all released yesterday. So the first one by Vault Comics is The Devil's Red Bride, number one. Uh, it's written by Sebastian uh, Gurner with art by John Bivens. <clears throat> so this takes place in 16th century Japan, uh, and it follows uh, Ketsuko, who her father had uh, succumbed to illness, and so that so then she uh, hatches a plot to save her people. Um, so, if years later after uh, her father's death, she uh, is wandering the uh, battlefields of her homeland, and she discovers a chance to avenge the wrong that's been done to her people. Uh, but even if that means stepping back into a road steeped in slaughter. Uh, Samurai stories and that kind of thing aren't usually my bag, and but this one was really fun. Um, I know that Tabitha would probably hate me right now. I'm pretty sure Lydia would too. I've never seen Mulan, but 
Um, Dude. I know. <laughs> but I kind of got some Mulan vibes. I feel like this was kind of like very more adult because it's, mm. yeah, it's not, it's not super gory, but it's, it's a little bloody. It's a little bloody. <laughs> yeah, there's a few moments. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like, I really, I, I like the concept. I like the idea of having this badass female lead. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested in more. Uh, Lydia, what'd you think? This had me hooked from the very opening narration. Like just the, the phrasing of things is beautifully written. And then the further I got into it, the more it reminded me of like an actual manga. So they did a very good job of sticking to that kind of culture with it. Um, like you said, I love the badass female heroine and I, I want to see where this goes from here. Cause I kind of left it very open ended with where they stopped. And I want to see what happens from there. Matt, what'd you think? Um, normally I don't have a problem when I get that drop me in the middle of a story, take off from here and give me backstory as we go. <clears throat> For some reason, this one confused me. Um, like I, I had some idea yeah, after reading the, the synopsis, like what was going on, but I, I felt like I could have used a little bit more um, background kind of to get me started in this one. Um, I, I think my favorite scene in the entire thing is essentially that reveal of her um, being in the armor. Um, like, you know, like, like you said, Mitch, that, that Mulan vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, I, th I think that was probably my favorite moment of this whole thing. Um, I I'm not usually a huge samurai fan, but this, this is, this is cool. I like this. Um, I'm definitely, I I'm definitely interested to see like where the rest of this story will go. So next up is Bleed Them Dry number four. It's written by Elliot uh, Rahal with art by DK Ruan. Uh, so, in this issue, Toyo and Harper have been separated. Harper goes to Cam to try to explain what's going on. Um, and Cam does not believe her, like, mm. at all. <laughs> but then uh, we, also see, um, we also see that her former partner, Atticus Black, is, has kind of claimed victory. Um, Matt, let's start with you on this one. What do you think? Um... So my favorite moment of this entire issue was when the, like the police commissioner, whoever like makes that announcement that black is taking over. And I was like, what? Like that. It was a huge, it was a surprise to me. And maybe like if I'd read these like back to back to back, I might've seen a little bit more of that coming, but I really enjoyed that twist. Um, and then, like, the panels that follow as he's giving his introduction, explaining what happened to his predecessor, realizing that he put his predecessor in the ground, and that's the reason he got the job, was just awesome. Um, and, yeah, like you said, he, she goes to, Harper goes to see Cam, and that goes quite poorly. Um, but... I, I don't know. This this is another. This is one of those stories that I just I, I look forward to seeing the next issue pop into our email because I like 
I want to know where this continues to go. Like this continues to get better and better for me. Um, so I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where the whole like big arc is going. Cause I kind of see like the short term arc. Um, but I like, I, I'm definitely in this for the long haul now. Yeah. Um, and full disclosure, I didn't read the last maybe five pages. I was getting there, but like I was at the point where like I had to come in here and start setting things up. So it's like, <laughs> okay, this is going to be like, ooh, I'm going to finish this during one of the many breaks that I take while editing because <laughs> I have the attention span of a squirrel. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but this book, it just it continues to get just so much better. And I think I said this with issue three, like this book has changed completely from what I thought it was going to be, you know? Um, And yeah, with that, with that twist with Atticus, like I didn't see it coming. Um, I should have looking back on it, you know, Um, just because how he just seems to get more and more sinister as the series progresses. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I mean, just kind of knowing how comic books work, I mean, typically they're five, six issue arcs. Like, I know we're, I know we're coming to the end of this arc, and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm ready to see how this plays out um, and how these characters move on and everything. Um, yeah. I really, I really want to see the, the ending of this. I can't wait. So the last book that we're going to uh, review tonight, it actually comes out next week. It's Rick and Morty, Go to Hell, number five, written by Ryan Ferrier with art by Constanza Oroza, uh, Sarah Stern, and Crank. So with this one, Rick and Morty uh, finally face the devil, and we basically see how this story ends, how Rick, Morty, and the rest of the family basically get out of hell, Um, or if they get out of hell. (laughs) (laughs) This book, like all the others, I mean, it's been a fun ride. It was, it was a fun ending that, again, it's one of those things that it's like, it fits in perfectly with the rest of this miniseries and with, with the limited knowledge of Rick and Morty that I have. It's like I've said a million times before. It's one of those shows that I always say that I'm going to go back and I'm going to binge and I just haven't done it. Um, yes. But the the handful of episodes here and there that I've seen have been just ridiculous. And that's what this book is. Um, Books that are based off of properties and other mediums are not usually... They don't usually grab me for whatever reason. But this one has. And I feel like it's made me more of a Rick and Morty fan in the long run. So good job, Oni Press there. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. All right, so we're going to try something here Um, because we had a bunch of trailers this week and I got to thinking, I was like, I want to do something different, you know, because we haven't had like a new segment in a while. And if this goes well, I'm going to like summon Pickett or something to make a uh, soundbite for it. I've already kind of got the gears working on what I want. (laughs) (laughs) So this is our first installment of Trailer Takedown. Um, basically this is going to work kind of like a, uh, bracket style, you know, for, for some of you who aren't familiar with, 
you know, like uh, March Madness or anything like that. Um, we're going to pit two trailers against each other. The winner of those trailers will move on to the next round. Um, we've kind of got a, a weird number of trailers this, this week, so we're going to just have two rounds. One of these will get a buy, which I'll explain a little bit. So after we describe the trailers, we each have 10 points to a lot to the two trailers. Um, and it's based off of which movie you want to see more, which even if, and if, and if you feel that one of these trailers say like, maybe you're less interested in the movie itself, but the trailer did a better job, a lot more points to it. Basically you, you can do it however you want. So the first ones, uh, are the new Nick Cage movie, Jujitsu versus the watch so jujitsu we talked about this a couple of weeks ago um this follows nick cage with a group of people uh a group of jujitsu fighters who have to battle this alien thing that comes around every six years i think that's right yeah um and if they don't then this alien being takes over the world, kills everybody, whatever. It was weird. <laughs> um, I don't understand, especially with something that goes, that takes place every six years, why pe more people don't know about it. I would understand if it took place every 50 years, every 100 years, but whatever. Um, also, there was that line when Nick Cage was like, ooh, this person is crazy, just like me. It's like okay, Nick Cage, whatever, Nick Cage. Uh, <laughs> Nick play Nick Cage playing Nick Cage, right? Yeah. So, uh, Matt, fill us in on the watch. So the watch is a series based on the Terry Pratchett uh, Discworld novels. Um, it's going to be showing up on BBC America. Estimated release date is sometime in January. Um, basically the watch is, um, in his novels, there's a group called the night's watch. So this follows some of those characters. The watch follows an unlikely group of misfits, the city watch who are forced to find, uh, find the guts to save the world, surprising even themselves in the process. The comedic yet thrilling series pits trolls, werewolves, wizards, and other improbable heroes against an evil plot to resurrect a great dragon, which would lead to the destruction of life as they know it. There's so much going on in this trailer. It's just, I mean, it, Tabitha and I watched it, and she goes, that may be one of the most British things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't really, I can't really find a better way to put it than that right now. Yeah, she, so. she's, she's not wrong. No. <laughs> so, Lydia, let's start with you. Where where do you you allot the points? So it's ten points between both trailers, right? Right. Okay. So yeah, like you said, jujitsu is basically Nick Cage playing Nick Cage while a bunch of people around him pretend to do jujitsu. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. The idea of this, I don't want that. However, the watch was making me laugh, and I want to watch that because it, it, it's it's dark, it's comedic, it's 
I want to see that a lot more than I want to see whatever dumpster fire jujitsu is going to be. So don't give me that idea. Don't give me oh, that God. idea. <laughs> don't you dare. <sighs> but I guess if I had a lot points, I would say maybe three for jujitsu, seven for watch. Okay. Um, I told you guys what I was going to do, how I was going to lot these points earlier, uh, but I've kind of changed my mind a little bit. Uh, for whatever reason, I thought the watch was going to be a movie. And I was worried that a movie wasn't going to be enough time to explain what needed to be explained. Mm. So that being said, I'm giving the watch six points and jujitsu gets four. Um, the reason why jujitsu gets that much, because um, I feel like this will be a drinking game. Oh my God. And it would be real fun. So, um, I would 100% watch that if alcohol is involved. You so. know, if you want to make it a, dump, a guilty pleasure, a dumpster fire thing, and include that, I'm okay with that idea. But not if there's not alcohol involved. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to put it to the rest of the group. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> Matt, what about you? Um, so, is I'm torn here because I've read a couple of the Discworld novels, um, I love the everything about those books. Um, they continually end up on that list, my ever-growing list of I need to read more of these, um, but I haven't gotten around to it. But this trailer is just so all over the place that I, I don't really know. Like, I didn't get a real coherent plot arc from the trailer. So I'm like, I don't exactly know what all, all of what they're going to like handle. Um, on the other hand, as much of a, yes, dumpster fire as the Jiu-Jitsu Nicolas Cage movie looks, um, I, I'm going to get shit for this, I know. But that looks like it could be so bad that it's actually good. Um, so oh. I'm actually going to go with four points for the watch based on the trailer alone um, and six for jujitsu. All right. So with a score of 17 to 13, the watch moves on. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Invincible versus Monster Hunter. Um, Matt, we're going to start with you this time to talk about Monster Hunter. Um, so we finally got the first trailer for the Mila Jovich, uh, Monster Hunter by Paul W.S. Anderson. Um, it's a big screen adaptation of the best-selling Capcom game. Um, it, essentially it is military, it's, it's soldiers that get sucked into a different world and are forced to battle these huge, terrifying monsters. Um, the monsters are, as they find out, immune to their military weapons and have to use the weapons of the world that they've been sucked into. I, I've been back and forth on this from the very beginning. I... 
not a hundred percent sure what we were going to get with this. Um, I don't know, but uh, we get a little bit more information on this, and we'll see if we get another trailer to get a little bit more. If there's actually plot to this movie, or if it's just going to be a kill some monsters kind of thing. So that's going up against the trailer that we got for Amazon's uh, adaptation of Invincible. Uh, we get to see uh, like a couple of couple of scenes from the cartoon. Uh, the art is phenomenal. It's almost exactly like the comic itself. Um, and we just kind of get just, just a little taste. Just a little taste. Not a whole lot in terms of um, plot or anything like that. But, uh, but yeah, I have been excited for this cartoon since it was announced. Um, hearing J.K. Simmons as um, Invincible's father it was everything I wanted it to be and more. Um, this looks like it's going to be fantastic. That said, um, I was watching, uh, watching the the uh, the Monster Hunter trailer. Like, I don't know. I just I wasn't feeling it like at all. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if it was just the trailer itself, or if it was because I was. I think that might have even been like the last trailer I watched before setting everything up. So maybe, maybe my mind was elsewhere. Uh, but also like the, um, the line where they're like, so what are we now? The guardians of the galaxy? Like, I don't know. I, I felt, I felt that joke was like forced or whatever. So I don't know, man, I'm giving invincible 10 points and I'm giving monster hunter zero. I just wasn't feeling monster hunter. Um, Matt. Um, invincible looks fantastic um i have a feeling it's gonna be one of those things that i am going to watch an episode of and immediately regret the fact that i have not picked up the graphic novels um so far but at the same time i feel like it's probably one of those that you can watch without having read the graphic novels and still very much enjoy monster hunter looks like it's going to be just a let's go kill some monsters, not really have a plot. Um, let's look at some impressive CGI. Um, the end. Um, so I'm going to give eight points to Invincible and two points to the dragon in the Monster Hunter trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and Lydia. Oh my god. So with Monster Hunter, I never hold much hope for video game movies anyway. This looks like they tried to remake Starship Troopers. And uh, <laughs> that, 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 that's all I can say. Like, it, it, like Matt said, it's just, let's go kill a bunch of monsters and here's some semi-okay CGI. <laughs> Invincible. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Like, I, I'm really excited to see what they do with it and i didn't even know this was a graphic novel but i think it's something that i can get into even without that prior knowledge the only thing that bugged me is the fact that steven ewan is voicing 
Invincible. And in this trailer, they have somebody's head being squished and his eyeball popping out. Like, really? Did you have to dig into that Walking Dead well and remind me that Glenn is dead? Thank you very much. I did not need that reminder. I didn't even appreciate that. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that. No, I missed that. So. Oh, my God. That's genius. <laughs> so, for the eyeball alone... I'm giving Invincible nine points, and I'm giving Monster Hunter one because I don't need a Starship Troopers remake. Thank you. I didn't need the first one. <laughs> sorry, Tabitha. Not sorry. <laughs> so, with an outstanding twenty-seven to three, Invincible moves on. <laughs> so, um, we're not gonna allot points to Animaniacs since it gets a buy. So, I mean, it would get thirty points automatically uh, unless we hated it, but. With the Animaniacs, it wasn't a trailer so much. It was kind of a clip or a teaser, maybe, where it uh, parodies Jurassic Park. And we get to see the Warner Brothers and sister. And Steven Spielberg makes a cameo. And it was wonderful. It was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I... uh, Something I was worried about when they announced Animaniacs was like, okay, but is it going to be like how they, you know, like, how some of these cartoon reboots don't always match the, you know, the the feeling of the original. And so I was, I was concerned about that, but that's gone. Like, this was, it's, it basically, it feels like, even though Animaniacs has been off the air for, what, 20 years, something like that? What, what did they say, 1997? Yeah. 98. 98. Yeah. So it feels like even though... They went off the air in 1998. Like, all the writers for Animaniacs kept writing episodes to be fresh <laughs> and so that they would still be on the top of their game. That's what it feels like to me. It was phenomenal. I can't wait. Uh, Lydia, what'd you think? Yeah, I agree. It, I was very skeptical about this when we first started talking about this, but seeing this little, like, teaser clip gives me so much hope for this. And, yeah, just... The, the Jurassic Park parody is great. The little bit you get to see of the Warner Brothers and sister, sister, they look exactly like they did before, which I think they actually mention mm-hmm. in that clip, which is wonderful. I, I can't wait. I My only problem is, isn't this on Hulu? Yes. I, I'm going to need to borrow somebody's Hulu account like now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we could probably arrange something. <laughs> Matt. Um... Steven Spielberg as John Hammond was amazing. Like, that probably was my favorite part. That and the um, the Jeff Goldblum line where he leans forward in the Jeep and goes, that son of a gun did it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing being the parody of Jurassic Park was phenomenal. And as much as we've been concerned about some of these reboots or continuations of these cartoons i think this assuages all those fears and this is just going to pick up where this left off also if i could bonus points for the fact that pinky and the brain is going to be included yes Mm -hmm. yes so all right so this is the final round uh so we've got the watch versus invincible versus animaniacs uh I will start with the points. I'm giving Invincible five points because, like I've said, I've been excited since since before they finished the sentence saying that this series was coming. I've wanted this. 
Um, I'm giving three points to Animaniacs, which leaves two points for the watch. And that doesn't say that doesn't say anything bad about the watch. It's just for me of these three, it's the one that I'm least excited about. But man, I'm still excited for it. Uh, Lydia. <laughs> See, of those three, I think the one that caught my attention the most that I, I want to actually sit down and watch the most is The Watch. So I think I'm going to give it four and then give the other two three each. Okay. Matt? So this is hard because I definitely want to watch all three of these. Um, so I'm going to distribute points based on like the trailer alone. Um <clears throat> on how much essentially I enjoyed my my viewing of each trailer. Um, so I'm going to give um, I'm going to give two points to the watch and to Invincible and six points to Animaniacs just based on the enjoyment I got from the trailer. All right. So in third place is the watch with eight points. Invincible comes in second with 10, which leaves Animaniacs as the first winner of Trailer Takedown with 12 points. Oh, oh, oh. That's close. Yeah. yeah. It's close, but somehow it doesn't surprise me all that much. No, not at all, because we're all children when it, right. when it comes Absolutely. down to it. <laughs> all right. So we got a few more stories, and um, I decided to have everything, all of our other stories tonight, because I wasn't for sure how long Trailer Takedown was going to take. So everything else is going to be for gut reaction. Oof! Gut reaction. And we're going to start that tonight with Matt and Mad Max. So Mad Max <clears throat> is getting a sequel, prequel, whatever. It's getting a continuation. Um... George Miller, who is the, what, the director? Not the director. Yes, George, George Miller um, is going to direct, co-write, and produce um, a, a Fury Road sequel, if you will, uh, Furiosa. Um, it is going to star Anna, Anya Taylor-Joy, we don't have much as far as like timeline because well, COVID is still a thing. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with Anya Taylor joys work, but they're basically saying that the fact that she is being cast as Furiosa um, is, you know, huge news for this. Um, I, I have tried to watch Mad Max. I, I, I watched the entirety of the, Original, forever ago, I watched the Tom Hardy new one. Um, I watched like five minutes of um, Thunderdome, whatever the second one was, forever ago. I couldn't even sit down to watch Fury Road. Um, I, I don't know. I This is one of those things that I don't know that I personally don't need, and it's probably an unpopular opinion. Um but I'm going to go thumbs down. Lydia. See, I've never seen any of the Mad Max things. I know it's a fair, big popular thing, but I've never actually sat down and watched any of it. But if I had one thing that would concern me is the fact that 
the one guy is taking on what you said, director, co-writing and producing. That's a lot of hats to try to wear for one movie. So mm -hmm. I would worry that in one way or the other, he would lack something there. So that would concern me as far as story or anything goes. But since I can't really give a proper frame reference, I'm going to go thumb sideways. Yeah. I'm also going to go thumb sideways. I've never seen any Mad Max movie ever. Um, so I just, I don't have an opinion. I, so <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Um, wasn't, uh, who was, wasn't somebody in like one of the original Mad Max movies? Clearly there were a lot of somebodies in the original Mad Max movies. Uh, wasn't Tina Turner like in one of the original Mad Maxes? Um, maybe. Or at least, like, did she contribute a song to the soundtrack or something like that? I mean, Tina Turner did a James Bond song. She was anti-entity <laughs> in Thunderdome. Okay. Yeah. I feel Thank like... you, Google. I feel like she also contributed a song, and I may have seen the music video to that song. <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's your <laughs> that, connection. That is my connection to Mad Max. So, <laughs> what's that tell you? <laughs> right. So this was announced today. Um, we've seen hints of uh, what DC is planning for early 2021. And so it was announced their future state event. We've got some details on it. Um, it's going to have a two-month pause on... Uh, regular issues for main uh, Bat family titles, Superman family titles, Wonder Woman, um, so that it can all focus on what is going to be a look into what is a possible future for the DC Universe. Um, basically, it's going to include dozens of one-shots and miniseries and oversized anthology issues featuring a new Batman, a new Superman, a new Wonder Woman, a bunch of other people taking on these mantles that we're familiar with. Basically, it sounds like they've turned what was going to be a whole reboot initiative uh, with, you know, the 5G that was always rumored but never formally announced and has turned this into an event. Uh, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I think it's great that it's like, hey, we're taking a pause on these other books to focus on this. So while, yes, there are dozens of tie-ins, it's not like, oh, hey, I don't read Aquaman, but I have to buy this one issue of Aquaman to know what's going on with the main story. You know, they're not doing that with this. Uh, also, it's nice in that if you're not interested in Future State at all, then you can save a little bit of money. Um, <laughs> yes, it would suck to not have your regular Batman title, but... Um, but you're not necessarily forced to read something that you don't want to read. And then also after these, this event, things are going to pick back up, um, you know, where, where they are. And with this being a quote unquote future story, yes, some of these storylines may come into play later on, but it's not necessarily going to be something that is going to have, you know, the, it's not going to change the face of the DC universe for a year and a half. Um, so yeah, I, I'm behind this idea of this event. Thumbs up all the way, Matt. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this. Like my biggest thing is one, taking a break from your other core titles so that you can focus on the event titles. 
um, if you want to do one shots or you want to do anthology issues or things like that, or, you know, like mini series, um, then, you know, you, you don't feel like you have to pick up all of them to know like the story. Um, I, I, I hope that maybe this is the way things will go in the future. Um, that, you know, <clears throat> the other large comic book publisher might take a hint as well. And when they do an event, pause some of the other titles that are involved in said event, let you focus on the event and then go back to it. Um, I, I don't know. I'm definitely interested to see how this plays out, uh, both short-term and long-term. So thumbs up. Lydia. <clears throat> I do like that they are placing their focus on one thing. They're not trying to do this event plus <laughs> all the other titles they already have going. However, granted, I'm not really a comic book person myself if i was invested in one of these main series and all of a sudden they put that on hold to pursue other things that would kind of piss me off as a buyer and a reader so just from that perspective i'm going to go thumb sideways so there's a new comic book publisher it's called story worlds and it's created by former bbc employee max gadney um and it's going to deliver stories in kind of a different format from what we're used to. So all the Story World's books are going to be pre presented in a graphic novella format. Uh, each will be 50 to 60 self-contained books. Uh, their goal right now is to release four books a year. Um, so the stories for 2021 include United States of Magic, uh, The Sword and the Six Shooter, Only Hope, Fear Farm, and Fab which is in all capital letters, so I assume it stands for something. Um, I'm also giving it. <laughs> I think this is awesome. Uh, I know one of Tabitha's main complaints with comic books is how she kind of forgets the story from month to month. So if you have the entire story at once, then you can get it read and, you know, and finished. Um, which I like that too. I, I know... I've done that with a lot of different books where it's like, okay, I'm not going to start you just yet, but I like the cut of your jib, so I'm going to collect you all, and then... <laughs> what? You, you've heard that, right? Huh? The, the, I like the cut of your jib? It like... Um, oh, it's it's like... You like how... So, like it's, it's a sailing reference. I know that. I know it's a sailing reference. Are you looking it up, Lydia? <laughs> One's general appearance or personality is in I don't like the cut of Ben's jib. In 17th century, the shape of the jib's sail often identified a vessel's nationality and hints whether it was hostile or friendly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, so I've, you know, I've done that with some books where it's like, you know, or maybe I'll read the first issue to kind of see if I like it. And if I do, like, I'll, you know, wait until... I have the rest of them so I can just binge it all. So yeah, definite thumbs up. Matt. Um, I also like this idea because yeah, there's definitely some, I, I, as much as I do enjoy single issues, I do feel like there are some stories which are better told even in comic book format in graphic novels or graphic novellas where you can get all of it at once. You can binge it instead of having to wait piecemeal, you know, as you go along. 
Um, if this works for them, fantastic. All for it. Um, you know, everybody has their thing. Let this be theirs. Thumbs up. Lydia. Yeah, I'm the same way as Tabitha. I, ouch. Sorry, cat. Um, I have a hard time following things that are single issue because by the time we end up getting to the next one, I've forgotten something. So I like the idea of having everything right there in one contained little place. So thumbs up. Uh, Disney has announced that all non-MCU uh, movies and TV shows, etc., um, are going to have their own Marvel Legacy category on Disney+. Plus. So, therefore, like the Fantastic Four movies that have been released over the years, they're not, when you look for them on Disney+, Plus, you're not going to see them with Captain America Civil War. They're going to have their own category. Um, I'm also going to give this a thumbs up. I'm very optimistic tonight, clearly. I've, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think it's a good idea. I think that it separates, uh, the two brands, I guess, if you want to say it, um, so that people don't get confused so that down the line, when we do get an MCU fantastic four movie, they don't accidentally get the one with Michael B. Jordan as the human torch. Uh, Matt. Um, I think it's a good idea in, in theory, um, like to separate those out because I think you're right. Like, you know, when we get down the line and we get, another Fantastic Four movie, which we're probably very likely going to get, um, you know, then there will be less confusion on which one you want to watch um, and don't accidentally pick the wrong one when you're trying to watch the MCU version. Um, I don't know, but they're all still Marvel characters. So whether they're necessarily part of the MCU or not, I don't know. I'm going to go with them sideways because I kind of want to see how this all like looks when they get it done before I, you know, think that the overall change or setup is a good idea. Lydia. I am very much an organized by like group or series and things like that. So I like the idea of separating the actual MCU from the Marvel movies that are not in that. Um, they already have their little Marvel folder, so if they just make it like a subfolder of that to where it's still all contained under one label, but separated by these are all part of one universe, these are not, then I think it's a good idea and something I would do myself if I had the chance. So, thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty sure last time we all talked, uh, we were talking about how terrible an idea it was that LA Comic Con is still going to be happening. So clearly someone was listening to us because they have now canceled the LA Comic Con for uh, 2020. Or I guess like what a lot of other cons have been doing, they haven't canceled it, they've rescheduled it. So it's rescheduled for September 24th through 26, 2021. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs sideways uh thumbs up for the uh the cancellation because that's the responsible and right thing to do uh but it's getting the thumb sideways because 
they're saying that it's rescheduled, which it's that's that's another story that I don't want to get into. That's not really a gut reaction story. <laughs> Matt. Uh, I think I'm just going to go thumbs up on this because it's like, I don't know, somebody finally paid attention and, uh, you know, realized that this is not a good idea and that, you know, things like cons and such should not be happening still. Um, yeah. So, like I said, thumbs up for the fact that somebody figured it out that it wasn't a good idea. And even if they are calling it a rescheduling, they moved it to next year, like pretty much everybody else. Lydia. Yeah, I'm also going to go thumb sideways because at least they didn't go the route of, well, we canceled the main event, but we're going to do all these things online and it's virtual. No, that's not a con. Stop that. <laughs> but to, to, to call it a rescheduling is not a, that's not a thing because most of these cons happen every year anyway. So you're, you're canceling this year and you're just hoping that next year actually happens. Call it what it is and quit trying to say that it's not. Ooh, I just got a really fun idea, though. Uh, what if they keep saying they're rescheduling because they're going to have 2020's LA Comic Con in September and 2021's LA Comic Con in <laughs> December? What if, what if all these cons that have been rescheduling are planning on having two cons in one year? I hope not. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't my wallet, think they have. My wallet the, can't take that. I don't think the people that plan these things wallets can take that. Like, <laughs> it would be cool, but yeah, I, financially, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> uh, you guys killed my dream, just like so many people are trying to kill Luke Skywalker, which no. leads me to the last story we have tonight. Uh, so, in a new book called Star Wars: Fascinating Facts. Uh, it's been revealed that if George Lucas had uh, involvement in Star Wars Episode Eight, he too would have killed Luke Skywalker. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I feel like the people who are like, oh, they, they shouldn't have killed Luke. How dare they kill Luke? Blah, 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 blah. Well, okay, so the guy that created Star Wars was like, hey, that's, that's a good idea. It tells the right story. Uh, I, I've been a defender of the new trilogy. Um, is it as good as the original? No, but it never was going to be. That's because it wasn't the original trilogy. Um, that said, the, new, the sequel trilogy was still very good. And I felt that that was a moment that had to happen to continue the story. You can't have, you know, this happy ending where, you know, like everybody just walks off into the sunset. That's not necessarily what this movie is yes good still prevails but there's a cost to it so yes thumbs up for hopefully shutting up some haters matt <laughs> um yeah i essentially just have to echo that because like there were so many people that were mad about that but unlike a certain author who continually goes back every year and apologizes for killing a character. Um, <laughs> she who, who shall not be named. She who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, like, you know, like nobody in regards to this movie and now George Lucas, like have not apologized for that being part of the story. Like, like as a creator, myself like there are characters that 
have to die in some situations for the story to continue to move forward and for the arc of whether it's that character or other characters to be completed. Um, and to have his backing that that was the right move, I, I 100% on board with that. i glad that he came out and said that, um, that, you know, that was the right choice for that character at that time. So thumbs up. Lydia. Wait, Luke Skywalker dies? Spoiler <laughs> alert, guys. <laughs> you had Oops. <laughs> I have to say no. <laughs> um yeah, I, I have no no say in this, but if it was for good reason storyline wise and he can back up the fact that yes, this was a good idea, then who who am I to say otherwise with no knowledge? So thumbs up. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with what's happening throughout the week. And be sure to let us know any cool things we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Everybody say bye. Bye. bye.